I want to talk to you about um, uh, hearing the voice of God. We've been talking about um, pursuing God, pressing into God, um, which is uh, truly um, a major thing to encourage people to do um, during these difficult times, these challenging times, is to encourage people to, to, to go deeper, <laughs> if you will, press, lean in hard, you know, just go after God, go after God. And uh, when I uh, first got saved, um, I remember just hardly needing any sleep. I was just so hungry for Jesus. I kept a friend of mine up till four o'clock in the morning. He had to get up at six to go to work. You know, he'd take a nap and go to work. But I was just so hungry and pressing. And actually, it's hard to explain how I was, but I actually hurt with hunger for God, if that makes any sense. I, I was, I was just so. I wanted him so much, you know, and uh, so so I, I know what it means uh, to press into God and to to fight for more of Him and to be relentless towards that. That I'm not willing uh, to let anything hinder me from getting more of Him, and and so that's kind of the line along the lines that we've been talking about. Some um, I believe uh, Minister Darnell uh, talked about that some, and and uh, so I've been kind of uh, as Pastor David has had me to speak, talking about that subject of entering in, and uh, but I want to talk about uh, a dynamic of of that is hearing hearing His voice and and. Uh, uh, one of the things that I've noticed um, here and there over the years is uh, it seems like um, a, a few people uh, will say, how do you hear his voice? How do you know it's God speaking to you? And uh, what we don't realize is that you were created to hear his voice. You were created to hear his voice. So um, your name does not have to be Pastor David. Your name does not have to be Pastor Mark Hankins or, or uh, uh, Pastor Trina. You know, you, you don't have to be Brother Hagen. You don't have to be a prophet, evangelist, a pastor, a teacher. You don't have to be one of the five-fold ministry gifts. If you were born again, you were recreated to hear his voice. But even being a spirit being, spirit calls to spirit, right? And so spirits can speak to spirits, and God speaks to us in that way. You are a spirit being. Man is a spirit, has a soul, he lives in a body. Uh, you are a spirit being, however. Therefore, you're qualified. You're on the frequency. <laughs> you can dial in to God's station. You okay? And you start pressing in and you start um, putting a demand on the Lord. I hear Jesse DePlanis' story on Tuesday. He cracked me up, you know, that he, he wanted to see Jesus. You know, I want to see him. I have a meeting. So, so a prophet said, You're gonna, he's going to come visit you. Your wife's not going to wake up for it. He knew he was a false prophet, you know, because his wife wakes up for everything. You know, so then the story of if you were here, you heard that he said that, that then here the wind's blowing, his curtains are sticking straight out from the rods, you know, and God's in his room. And he's, he's 
saying, look at me to Jesse. Jesse's freaking out. He's like, no, I ain't looking at you, you know, and, and he's trying to get his wife, Kathy, wake up. He's beating her, you know, with his elbow, wake up. And uh, God asked him like three times, look at me. And he's like, no. And then finally she wakes up after that experience goes away. And, and uh, she said, what? He goes, you missed it. She said, missed what? God was just here. He said, she said, what did he look like? She, he goes, I don't know. I didn't look at him. Interesting, isn't it? But sometimes we hear these, um, you know, these testimonies like this, and we think, well, that's because that's Jesse Duplantis. That's Jesse Duplantis. Well, he had just gotten saved, and he came out of a very precarious <laughs> lifestyle, to say the least. I'm being kind. And uh, um, myself, I've come out of that kind of a lifestyle, crazy, wild, party, all that stuff, you know. And, uh, and, but, but see, it doesn't matter if you were in church from birth and never, you know, smoked weed. It doesn't matter what your condition. When you got born again, you became qualified to hear God's voice, okay? So when we press into God, uh, you know, oftentimes people believe that God's just, he's just trying to, uh, you know, keep us in the dark and, and not talk to us. Well, obviously he, he created us to talk to us. Isn't that something? Yeah. And uh, uh, so we look in the word of God. Let's go uh, at, um, uh, I'm going to have you to ch- turn to John chapter 10. But we know that uh, uh, Psalm 8, uh, you don't have to turn there, but I want to read it while you're turning to John 10 in your iPads, phones, and Bibles. Um, but Psalm 8, verses 4 and 5 says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Uh, the, the Passion Bible says, Compared to all this cosmic glory, why would you bother with puny mortal man or be infatuated with Adam's sons? (laughs) I like that one. So God actually visits us. Now, it's interesting how we don't really put everything together or think about all the details of a visitation. Have you ever visited somebody just to look at them? No, right? I mean, at the zoo, they don't talk. Yeah, we look at animals. But a human, yeah, right? When you go to visit somebody, you go to visit them with, it's, it's a given, it's, it's not even spoken about, but you're going to probably talk to them, right? Okay, uh, so, so when we have experiences with God, oftentimes uh, we think that it's just us doing all the talking. Or it's just about uh, warm fuzzies and, and goosebumps. And No, no, he actually uh, made us in his image and we are uh, speaking beings. In fact, one translation um, about creating Adam said that he became a speaking being. Just like God is a speaking being, we are speaking beings. And so when, when he, what is man thou visitest him or mindful of him? Why do you want to come and be with us? Uh, well, he probably wants to talk to us. Isn't that right? And uh, uh, developing uh, the ability to hear that voice, the ability uh, to know that that's him. And I've had um, real pointed and clear times where God speaks to my heart. I'm sure many of you have had that where you know, well, that was the Lord. Or later, 
Later, when something happens, you know, oh, that was the Lord. Whether you missed it or or hit right on, you knew, oh, uh, God was trying to help me right there. That was God's voice. Wouldn't it be cool if we knew, you know, God's talking to me. I ain't, you know, I'm not going down that road because I just got a, I got the red light here or the green light. We call it impressions, premonitions, all these different kind of things. And uh, sometimes we, we just leave it there, which Holy Spirit does give us impressions and premonitions. The Holy Spirit does uh, draw us along tenderly like that. But God has a voice. And God has, uh, knows how to speak English and Spanish. Whatever your language is, he knows how to speak your language. It's quite interesting. People who have gone to heaven and, and uh, uh, spent uh, some time in that realm and came back to tell about their experience of heaven, they say that we have, with all the languages of the world, not scratched the surface of communication. There are trillions of words <laughs> that we have no knowledge of. And that's why Paul, um, he's, he had an experience of heaven. He said, I was caught up to the third heaven. And he said, I, I saw unspeakable things. Or I'm not, you know, it, it, just depending on the translator, you get the impression uh, that you could get the impression he's just not allowed to talk about it. But other translations, you find out he's not able to talk about it because there is no words in this world to explain what he saw. And interesting, uh, uh, Brother Jesse was talking about that subject. He had experiences of heaven. And he said, and he was trying to explain to us without explaining because he couldn't explain. He's saying as if, you know, he had a water glass and he was explaining to us that, see this glass of water? He said, if we didn't know what that was or have any idea what, you know, it all was, he said, you can imagine it. I would just look at it and I would know it and I couldn't tell you because I don't have words to explain. (laughs) And I was like, man, that makes sense, you know? And I always felt that, that Paul initially, when I first got saved and read that, where he said, I saw things that I can't speak of. I thought, well, the Lord's just not allowing to speak about it. But later, as you get more revelation, you understand there are things, whew. But yet that same God is calling us up into his presence. And he says, call unto me. And guess what? What does he do? I will answer you. It's not calling to me. I'll hear you and do some stuff. But I ain't talking to you. Forget that. That's not how it works. He says, I will answer you. And we want him to answer us. I want him to challenge me. If I'm, if I'm out of line, if I'm messed up, I definitely want him to talk to me about it. Help me not to go down this road if it's not the right one. Go down this one if it is. Help me, Lord God, adjust my heart. And, and, and the only way we can have these conversations with him is if we humbly come before him and say, Lord God, I don't know nothing. So if you can build on what little bitty stuff I got going on here and talk to me and help me to be a blessing to other people, that would be great. And he helps us and he begins to talk to us. Praise the Lord. Found out a long time ago when I'm in prayer and I'm trying to, um, you know, get my wife changed, you know, say, Lord, oh my goodness. 
we're going to need to make some adjustments in this girl. And he won't talk to me a bit about that girl. He's going to say, well, here's some things I'd like for you to do. I'm like, oh, wait, what? Hey, this went the wrong way. I saw this going differently in my mind. He's always going to deal with my heart. He's always going to talk to me about my adjustments. In other words, I got, I got her. <laughs> but since you're here and you want to talk about some things, how about this? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I will, I will work on my words and how I speak to her and make sure that they're not cutting and hurting. And, you know, and uh, uh, I found that men tend to be a little bit more uh, boxy and, and insensitive, you know, just a matter of fact. Uh, uh, so, so the only way you learn this man is just getting married. Just like you can't uh, take, you know, you could have a doctorate in riding a bicycle, but if you don't ride one, you don't have it figured out. So you could study marriage, but anybody who in here who's married would know at this time that there's nothing like just jumping in the water to learn how to swim. Don't get me wrong. I think you should do a little studying before you get married, right? But until I get around a woman, now I didn't have any sisters either. So I, man, this was like someone from a, another planet to me. You know, all the details of their lives and emotions and stuff like that. And, and uh, so, so only way I can learn how to, you know, do this is to actually do this. Get married and, and wake up with them and, and uh, you know, all the details. The only way I'm going to know how to dwell with God and act like God is if I hang out with him and hear his voice. Right? And, and, and so that communication, that uh, interaction, the listening, listening, listen, listening is half of prayer. Did you know that? It's the second half, maybe, maybe the first half. But it's definitely a detail that we were created to hear his voice, and you are not um, a lesser uh, Christian than anybody else, or, or you are not uh, in, a, in a lower category of hearing or him talking, you are uh, able to access him and hear him just like everyone is. And the enemy would make you believe uh, that you're less. He always does this to everyone. And if he can't push you in the less, then he's going to try and make you think more of yourself. And that is even more dangerous. But most of the time, I found people err on the other side. You know, I'm just a worm. I'm a baby toe on the body of Christ. Whatever you are, you are important and valuable, and God wants to talk to you. Praise God. And when he starts talking to you um, and saying things to you, uh, then you begin to um, humbly say, what would you like me to do with this information? Not run off and uh, start a worldwide ministry because God said something to you. Praise the Lord. Humility will be a major, a major thing to keep you where you need to be. But I'm not teaching on that. All right, so...
In uh, John chapter 10, in verse, verse 1, we're going to start there. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. Everybody say, I hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So if anybody in this room is born again, you're in the sheepfold. Isn't that right? You're a sheep. Everybody say, I'm a sheep. Incidentally, side thought, uh, being called a sheep isn't the most flattering thing for us to, to be called, just so you know. Uh, sheep typically get discouraged really easy. Uh, uh, sheep typically wander off, you know, uh, don't pay attention. And so that's why they need a shepherd. All of us need a pastor. Pastor David has a pastor, has had more than one, actually, that he uh, leans on and refers to and, and yields to and, and submits to. And so everybody needs a pastor. Everybody needs a covering. Everybody needs a shepherd, an outside voice that, is, um, that you're in relationship with that can speak into your life and bring correction if needed. And so a sheep will, will wander right off of a cliff. And we know that there are snakes, there are wolves, there are outside uh, things that come after them. A shepherd is in their position to help with those kind of things. But so here, though, um, it, is, it is in the nature of the sheep that their shepherd, they know that shepherd's voice. And it is interesting when you actually study this and find out about this, there will be tons of shepherds, tons of sheep, but each one of those sheep know who their shepherd is by their voice. How? By their voice. I think it's pretty important that we learn to hear his voice. He said, my sheep do what? They hear my voice. That means we're going to have to get quiet in our prayer time sometimes and just listen. You ever do that? Get in his presence. I've been that in here in this room where just the glory comes. And then all, all of a sudden, it's just silent in this room. And, and, and everybody's just half afraid to even make a noise. You know, it's just like, oh, you know, you say, you know, there's this stuff going on. Something's happening. And you just want to hear, Lord, just talk to me now. We're in it. We're in it. We're in it. And he begins to talk to our hearts and deal with us individually and corporately as well. I just love those times, amen? Well, we have those times corporately, but we have those times individually as well, where you're leaning in, God. Listen, it doesn't matter how young or how old you are. If you still are in a body, he wants to talk to you. He doesn't want to wait till you get there. Obviously, that's an exciting time. It's, it sounded morbid when I first read it, but it says uh, how he loves the death of his saints. I was thinking, what? Well, what does that mean? That means you're coming home. He loves that. Death has no sting. Grave has no victory, right? Hallelujah. But he doesn't want to wait for that to talk to you or, you know, have interaction and, and communication. Praise the Lord. How many of you have ever been around people that do all the talking? And you're thinking, where are the batteries? 
Is there a cord? Yeah, <laughs> we need to unplug this person. Because, I mean, after a while, you've learned everything about them. You know, it doesn't take long. You know, because their conversation is about them. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I mean, you will take a dirt road. You will hide inside of a clothing rack at the store. You will low crawl, right? I mean, we don't want to be just that, the, the yakety-yak person in the presence of God. I'm going into my devotion time so I can talk at God. And, and if you've reduced your devotion time uh, into a petition time only, don't get me wrong. He wants us to bring our needs and petition, petition him. But it can't be just that. Lord, by the way, yeah, thanks for who you are. I need some stuff. Uh, how many have known people that every time they come to you, they only come to you when they need something? We don't want to reduce our experiences with God into I need times. It's okay that we, we want to come before him with him, but if that's all you got, think about it naturally speaking. Oh, yeah, they need something. Oh, so-and-so is uh, on the phone. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. Wonder what it is. I wonder how much this is going to cost. Praise the Lord. And don't get me wrong. God wants us to have compassion on people no matter what their makeup is and have patience with people. Okay? I'm talking about your personal relationship with the Lord, developing the ability to sit still in his presence as you glorify him, magnify him, worship him, tell him about how amazing he is to you, and listen. Meditate in the word. Y'all with me? Talking about uh, this accessing him to hear his voice. Praise the Lord. When you love someone, you want to hear their voice. I've used this illustration in, in pursuit of God um, in these uh, series that we've been teaching about when you first meet somebody that you love and want to marry them and all that kind of stuff. Man, you just can't get enough of them. You want to sit on the phone. You, you don't even have to hear their voice. You can just sit there and know that they're on the other end. But man, they can just talk. You just talk. You should talk. How many have had this experience with somebody that you, you were in love with? And oh, one, thank you, ma'am. God bless you. <laughs> Anybody else? Oh, yeah. You talked a lot, didn't you? Yeah. And you wonder what happened to that, you know? And it's like the, the gentleman who's driving down the road, and there was a couple in another car in front of them, a younger couple, and they were sitting, you know, she's in the middle seat right next to him, and, and uh, the wife comments, you know, says, sweetheart, remember when we were like that? And uh, of course, he's driving. He said, I haven't moved. <laughs> we went, we just don't want to get commonplace with God. You know what I'm saying? Where it's not that special anymore. Never want to get there. We always want to be excited about his presence, excited to hear his voice. He wants to talk to us. We have, we have a desire to know what he wants us to do. Isn't that right, you guys? We want to do 
what he would have us to do. We want to please him. And so we, we must uh, go to him with longing and desire and say, Lord God, what is it that you would want me to do? And he may say, I just want to be with you right now. And you're just like, oh. So I just want to love on you right now. I just want to be with you. Praise the Lord. Isn't that something? How God, who made everything, he knows the universe. He knows uh, what makes up those black holes that we all try to figure out what, how they, they're there and all the different expanses of, of uh, galaxies and all the way down to a chigger. All the makeup of everything. Yet he's mindful of you. And he wants to visit you. He wants to talk with you. Has some things he's wanted to tell you. It's interesting when uh, Brother Hagen talks about this subject. You know, he had read the Bible, I forgot how many times, and, and some parts, you know, even more, of course. But uh, um, the Holy Spirit uh, dealing with him, Jesus talking to him, saying the Holy Spirit was trying to get this over to you, was trying to show you this, but it, he couldn't get it over to you. And I'm thinking, man, what hope is there for me then? <laughs> I think that's what we all do. We all reduce ourselves to, well, there's no hope for me then. Brother Hagin was having trouble understanding it. But you are you. And there's only one you. And God made you intricately, specifically, uniquely to be with him. And he loves Brother Hagen, and he loves Pastor David, and he loves me, and he loves each and every person, but he wants to be with you and talk to you about you, believe it or not. You're fearfully and wonderfully made for him. He did that. Isn't that amazing? And before he put us here, he made these amazing details of the earth. And, and, and that same amazing, creative, uh, artistic God, he wants to be with you and talk to you. Hallelujah. I find that so cool. I think about those things every time I look at anything that he's made. You know, you're driving, again, driving to, to church and, and looking at the sky today. We don't always have clouds, you know. It seems like we've been having some stuff in the air lately, you know, and you're just thinking, oh, my goodness, there's another art piece. Nice work. <laughs> Talking about the Lord, you know. And uh, the, the different... It just looked like buttermilk in the sky or something. It was just all puffy and cool looking. And uh, uh, that's just me and the Lord. We got that going on. I actually heard Jesse talking about that recently too. And just like, wow, I'm not the only one who am amazed at God at everything he does. Jesse was talking about a tree. The Lord said to him, what do you think about that tree? And Jesse's like, that's a cool tree. With me, I'm just telling the Lord, that is neat. That's cool. Wow. So these are just um, conversations. You are so unique. I can't tell you what your conversations of God will go like. So amazing. It's you and him. Don't let people discourage you because of their 
special communications with God and because they have uh, these uh, seemingly amazing prophetic experiences with the Lord. Well, thank God for them and thank God they have that experience. But you need to have your own. You need to have your own. He's calling for it. Praise God. So I'm going to read on before I run out of time here. So verse 4, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Verse 5, yet they will be by no means uh, follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. I know the voice of my God, and therefore any strange voice is easily identified. It's interesting, they run from Translators talk about, they, 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 you just, whoa, whoa, that's not God's voice. And there's a lot of voices in this world. There's actually other people that will try and speak for God to you. Don't get me wrong, you have pastors and leaders. God has placed in your life to speak into your life. But there are many voices that will try and speak for God when it's not God. Does that, does that make sense? Again, I'm not trying to, you know, make you scared, but at least wise. There's many voices. In fact, the scriptures say there are many teachers, but few, few fathers. And who, you know, I hate to say that, use that phrase, but who's your daddy? Who has God placed in your life to speak into your life? Who is that safe, nurturing, covering position that God has placed in your life. It is a place, a protective position. Y'all with me? And God will use that person to speak to you, but there are many voices. And so we have to discern um, those particular people. I've had many people in my life, great men of God, tell me, you know, this, this is what God's going to do in you. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Well, he'll have to tell me, you know, because I ain't just doing that. I need to know. And in fact, I, was, I asked the Lord, listen, if I'm supposed to do something different, I need for you to tell Pastor David. I'm not going to go to him like so many and say, the Lord said. Well, you know what you do? You took your pastor out of the equation. If you tell him God told you something, what is he going to say? So there are things that God does directly tell you. And there are things that God will use people in authority to speak to you. And I'll tell you, I'll give you an illustration. This is kind of off subject a little bit. But, but President Trump is the president of our nation. Uh, he is the commander in chief of all of the military. Okay. So he does not fly to Nevada, drive down the road and, and knock on my son's door, who is part of the National Guard, and tell him, we're going to deploy, right? No, he has multiple people in between him and Ben, <laughs> right? Yeah, Joint Chiefs of Staff, all these different people, all the, and then generals and colonels and all the way down to sergeants and and then you have the privates. And so God doesn't talk to you personally about everything that he wants you to do. 
Y'all with me? But when it comes to uh, the kingdom of God and the, and the universal church and that kind of thing, he has colonels, lieutenants, sergeants. Y'all with me? But God does want to talk to you when it comes to you and your life, when it comes to the universal church and the power of God and even this local church. Pastor David is who he's placed as the colonel or general, if you will, of this house, right? And so he's going to speak through him. And when, when you decide something that has to do uh, with uh, that subject, you may want to bounce it off of your pastor who God placed in your life to protect you from stuff. Just saying. Okay, back to my subject now. <laughs> oh, I... But you see, people get out from under where they're supposed to be, and you want to hear God's voice. If you're out of your position, you will hear voices and think that it's God's voice, but you are out of your position. I could, we could walk right along Pastor David's messages on love. You get outside of love, you think you're hearing the Spirit of God. I'm telling you, you are not. If you are doing things and, and acting in a way that is not loving, honorable, and think you're hearing God's voice, you are not. And I want you to know that there are conditions, obviously, to posturing yourself before the Lord in order to hear him. And remember, you know, buddy boy uh, comes as an angel of light, Satan, and masquerades as a representative of the Lord. You all with me? And I've seen many people speak out of one side of their mouth, submission and authority, and everything else they do conflicts with it. Now, um, hearing God's voice, I believe, uh, goes hand in hand with being right with him, serving him, honoring him, loving people is, is major. You have unforgiveness, the heavens become brass. When you stand praying, forgive. Okay? You say, man, I just seem to be having trouble hearing the voice of God as of late. Check your love walk. Check your love walk. What are you harboring against people? How have you been speaking? How have you been talking? See, I, I've ran out of time, so, so I'm going to have to uh, praise God in this message. I went to Medlin and ran out of time. <laughs> but we know the story of the beginning. Adam and Eve... I mean, they're cruising around, naked, just enjoying life, right? It's kind of weird. The original plan was nakedness, but anyway. And so they do what God commanded them not to do. So they got outside of being able to communicate. So they, they, hear, they hear his voice, you know, with me. He's walking in the garden. And they hid themselves because that's what happens when you're not right with God. We don't want to, him to see our sin. 
And Adam begins the scenario. So who told you were naked? It was the woman, Lord, who you gave me. And he began to accuse the Lord of wrong. The woman, the Lord, not himself. First access to the Lord is admitting, Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you that your mercies are new every single day and that you've given me access into your presence by the blood, the precious blood of Christ. And forgive everybody and everything that ever has ever done you wrong, ever, from the beginning of time until now. Serious. Because people will hold on to this, you know, my stepdad, Uncle Joe, my, my half-brother, my ex, you know, all your exes live in Texas. All these things are hindrances to your hearing his voice. So we get those things done, worship, glorify, magnify, meditate, get quiet. One last thing. Have a journal. I'll challenge you to do this this week. Worship him, glorify him, meditate on him, maybe possibly meditate in the word a little bit. But eventually, after you've prayed some, talk to him some, Stop, listen, and, and be anticipating his voice. When you start expecting him to talk to you, he will start talking to you. And you will start hearing, and you write the things down that you believe he's saying. Remember, this is, the, this is actually a developed ability. It's in you. You were created for it, but it's developed. A child is born to be able to speak. Isn't that right? But he doesn't come out of the womb going, yo, what's up? Right? Is, and that's pretty much, you know. <laughs> and then you start developing. So we also need to develop our ability to hear. We were created to do it. You can do it. And you will. Write down what he says, okay? <laughs> 